2: What did you just take a shot of? Kettle one, baby. Oh, my God. You're shooting fucking vodka?
3: Yes, I'm shooting fucking vodka.
2: <laughs> Is that what I sounded like?
3: Yeah, a little bit. Hey, a yes. little bit. Yes. Oh. You sound like, uh, uh what's her name? Francis McDermott in Fargo. Yeah. Don't eh? you know. Don't you know.
2: <laughs> Yadder, let's start the show, huh? Have a rocking good yeah. time.
3: Jesus Christ, man! I've uh, I'm in a Cohen Brothers movie now. All of a sudden, how did this happen? I mean, you they don't even have they don't even have black people in their movies. What the fuck am I doing here? This is the reverse Get Out.
4: <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, why don't you get on in here, hey? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Welcome to Minnesota and Wisconsin. It's a get in here. <laughs> it's fair, know. man. I'll, I'll be
3: done. I'll be dead within the first fifteen minutes. It's all good.
4: Oh. now you be nice and fed and full have a corn party it'd be good don't you worry we oh. got a farm fair state fair what kind of fair you like let i don't me... think i want to be invited to a corn
3: party that doesn't sound like my type of uh, gimmick bro
4: well yeah. let me
2: introduce our musical guest this week this is ice cube featuring too short haters gonna hate there eh aren't they
3: yay! Bitch!
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry y'all I ain't got no haters all I got is motherfucking players. We get money in motherfucking layers. Sorry y'all ain't got no haters. Sorry y'all ain't got no haters. All I got is maids and waiters. All I got is suits and gators. Y'all niggas lost and I'm Las Vegas. Sorry y'all ain't got no haters. Everybody love black ass, dark beta your woman, let her see me coming, come through bumping, little kids running, chasing me down like the ice cream truck, these police, they never light me up, I'm that nigga, baby, hype me up, fucking up, bad work, they never write me up, they always hold me down, and raise me up, and all these women wanna glaze me up, never turn down. I'm turned up. You heard me, bitch. I said I'm turned up. Always on 10. Always too loud. Always too hard for this bougie-ass crowd. Even these haters, they love my style. So I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry, y'all. I ain't got no haters. All I got. Ugly. Not mine, nothing but love for me. You on the grind, trying to turn a dub to a G, and I'm flying around the world doing shows overseas. I'm chilling with some females. Yeah. I don't shop for the bargains, fuck a pre-sale. Fun. Too much game, trying to sell some. You know you can't yeah. hate on a real one. Real. Too short, I ain't no nice dude. I'm like Ice Cube, run up in your white food. OG, enjoy my life, still getting money when I'm on the mic. 30 years later, still spitting flows, getting paid to call these bitches hoes. I get love wherever I go, and I'm always trying to get some more. B- Sorry, y'all, I ain't got no help. oh my god is
3: players. With all due respect to the OG legend Too Short himself, I don't pay retail for anything. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the latest edition of Pod Is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks with ChairShot Radio Network in con- conjunction with
2: the ChairShot.com. Always
0: use your head.
3: And if you were using your head, you would probably think that I chose this week's musical selection. However, that was not the case, but that's neither here nor there. Shout out to the OGs, Ice Cube, and Too Short, like legends in the game, but whatever, whatever. Anyway, that being said, make sure you all use your heads. Mother's Day is coming up upon us, and what better gift for the mother in your life? And even if you don't have a mother, maybe you're probably, if you're listening to this, you're a motherfucker. So happy Mother's Day to you as well. And make sure you all take Cheers. yourselves to prowrestlingteams.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up your official chair shot merchandise. We've got a lot of cool designs on there. We've got the old schools. We've got the new schools. I personally, like I always say, I love the Corona chair shot logo. We've got chair shot 316. That shirt is awesome. We've got Save Tag Team Wrestling. We've got Jesus Did the Job. Of course, that's my own creation, so I'm biased to that. And, 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 Lest we forget, the latest sensation that's sweeping the nation, the shirt that is endorsed by the man himself, Baron Corbin Sucks. We've got something for everybody in the wrestling fan in your life, even if that means it's you. But either way it goes, make sure you guys go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash shot, Please and thank you. Thank you and please. Uh, y'all know who I am, man. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipe's Christopher Platt. And as always... I'm joined by Mr. Andrew Belaz. So, Andrew, say words.
4: So so I was just going to say, you, you alluded to people would think you chose the song, and though you didn't. So do you like it? H- how did you take it? It's a good song?
3: Bro, how can I ever be mad at a song that features literally two legends. Ice Cube and Too Short. Come on. I
4: I was just checking. You know, you you have a pretty hard palate when it comes to some things, you know. So I I just wanted to make sure, because I I like the old school throwback kind of beat to it, and I just wasn't sure how you were were feeling it.
3: Well, Andrew, let me tell you this, man, and I have another hot take, but you just brought up this hot take. Ice Cube is top five, dead or alive, all time. I mean, this guy started out yeah, I mean, this guy started out writing raps for the entire N.W.A. group, right? I know, I
4: know. And
3: then, he, and then he had—I I know you know, man. I'm—I'm I'm building my case here. <laughs> and then he had his solo albums, the first two, which were classic material. And then he moved on from there to writing movies. So I mean, like you know, what I mean by any metric whatsoever, Ice Cube has to be in your top five, dead or alive. That's
4: that's a fair point. I know. That's, that's why I made it. I just—it's uh, a good way to look at it because you're looking at successful career in general, not just as a rapper, not just as an actor, or producer, or whatever. So, no, I, I can't—I can't argue with that logic at all. That's—that's that's legit.
3: Yeah, and I mean lyrically, there's other you know artists or lyricists that I may put before him. But that being said, man, his body of work—nobody, I mean, other than Will Smith, man, how many guys really have? Or women, for that matter, because Queen Latifah's on that list as well. But how many people really have Ice Cube's body of work to go from writing for, from a, an iconic group, writing all the lyrics for an iconic group, to his solo career, which stands specifically for itself, and then going into movies? Like, you got to give we got to start giving people their flowers while they can still smell them. Yeah, so yeah!
4: How do you feel about LL Cool J, then? It's not a group, but you know, you know where I'm going with this. I know where you're going with this. LL is iconic. It's hard for me to put him in top five
3: because he didn't always write all of his lyrics, but LL Cool J is an icon as well. Like, without saying, without question, LL Cool J is an icon, period. Agreed. Yeah, LL Cool J is hard as hell.
4: (laughs) Ladies love Cool J.
3: Ladies love Cool J. James. James. That being said, we also have a third member on this party, and that would be the sultry tones of the one, the only, the commissioner himself, Mr. PC Tunney.
2: Gentlemen, good evening. Pleasure to be back once again.
3: Yeah, those tones were anything but sultry. <laughs> Hootie, hoo Yeah, you're not helping. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I wouldn't because, you know, it's layers to this, though, Andrew, like, uh, you know, like, for example, like a Drake, like you can't deny Drake's greatness. Like he does make good music and he's going to go down as one of the all time greats. But at the same point in time, I can't put him in the all time greats when it comes to lyricism, because he doesn't write all of his own songs. So there's that.
2: It was crazy when he got up out of that wheelchair and started walking, too.
3: (laughs) That's funny as hell. Shout out to Jimmy, man. Goddamn. (laughs) I'm old enough to remember the original Degrassi High on PBS. PC, I think you're there with me, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Were there even black people on the original Degrassi? I don't remember any.
2: I can barely remember watching it, to be honest with you, but I remember it. (laughs)
3: That's hilarious. That's hilarious. But yeah, so that's where I put LL in, man. He's definitely an icon, but I can't put him in the top five lyricists because there has been rumor and scuttlebutt that he didn't necessarily write all of his lyrics. So that disqualifies him from that category. But again, like I said, it's layers to this. He's still an icon and you can't take anything away from LL Cool J at all.
4: All right, then quick hit. Who's your top five then?
3: God damn it, I was hoping you weren't going to say that.
4: (laughs) You brought it up enough times, you have to pay it off. (laughs) Okay, we'll start with yours,
3: and give me a chance to think about it for
4: a second. Start with... We're basing this off of lyricism or total track record? Because you were kind of cutting the line somewhere, so where are we going with
3: this? That's fair, man. Whatever your criteria is, give me your top five.
4: Ooh. Okay, well, I don't disagree with your Ice Cube reference, but I don't think he's number one. Um, probably at this point in the game, I have to probably go Eminem. Probably, I like Tupac a little more than Biggie. Um, is Biggie three? Biggie's probably three. Uh, who the fuck would be four? Ice Cube probably be four. And I'm partial to, uh, 9 double for number five, but that's also me.
3: Well, you Fair enough. So I'm not gonna go in any particular order because I can't. Like I, I could give you a top 20 right now just off the top of my head, and you know what I mean. But just be, for the for the sake of, of this conversation, and so we can move on to the first topic, again, no particular order. Um, I gotta go KRS-One just for longevity. Okay. I gotta go Rakim because Rakim changed the game. Like you know, before Rakim came along, everybody was going ba da da ba da dang the dang here he, here here. And then sure. he completely changed the game. Um, you have to go Jay-Z because of his, I mean, just not only his longevity, but just everything that he's been able to accomplish within the game. And he's a cold-ass lyricist. Like, you can't take that away from him. Jay got bars. Um, of course, the aforementioned Ice Cube. We got to give him his props. And fifth, again, just off the top of my head, and I'm biased here, I, I got to go Red Man. Like, when you talk about just a dude that could just get on the mic and just spit his ass off, you can't find many better than Redman. I can't, and I, I, and know. I'm a little biased because, you know, my two favorite MCs of all time are Ghostface Killer and Redman. And they're like 1 and 1A one in my book. It depends on what's going on. Like, Ghostface released an album more recently than Redman, so he gets the nod. But
4: they, they, they go back and forth in my head. Well, how did Ghostface do it? Because Redman just released one a couple months ago, I thought. No, no, Redman didn't release now. album. Once it goes, was no, recent, no, but maybe no, it wasn't... A, no, it's it's really recent, right? No, he's been releasing some singles, but yeah, the album has like oh, that could be it. Maybe it was just singles, because yeah. I know I
3: saw him pop up with some new stuff. Yeah, Ghostface had an album come out about, about maybe um, oh, uh, three, two or three months ago. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, just off the top
4: of my head, that, that would be my top five. So, you, do you... I know I didn't put him in my five either, but he was close to the cut, but Nas, just not enough enough longevity in the game.
3: How can you say that, man? Nas been in the game 25 years, man. It's not that you it's know not... what a, I mean. It's not that it's enough longevity. It's that Nas... Nas has a problem when it comes to beat selection. He doesn't always choose the best beats that are going to feature his lyricism. Like, lyrically, he'll rip anybody's ass. Point hmm. blank, period but he doesn't always choose the best beats when it comes to his albums. You know what I mean? So sometimes some of his albums are kind of uneven.
4: I can respect that. Okay.
3: But yeah, just talking about lyrically. Yeah. Nas is a bad, bad melon farmer. That's why I said I could knock off, you know, I could list off 20 just off the top of my head. And it, it
4: yeah, I'm, I'm a lyric guy though. So, but yeah, i yeah. Shout well, out so, to yeah. So am man. I. That's why Eminem was really high up on there. No, Eminem's a bad motherfucker, man. I'm not taking anything away from him, man. He's a bad melon farmer, man. You Hell, that you whole can't... Slaughterhouse group was really fucking good, too, though. They just got no traction. Poor... I fucking sucked. Did you listen it's... to the Slaughterhouse stuff? Of course, man. And it was weird. <laughs> like, lyrically,
3: all four of those guys are lyrical monsters.
4: Mm-hmm. I don't
3: feel like the album really... I... <sighs> they were trying to make an album to sell records and that's not what they do. You know what I mean? And I, I think that was the problem with this. Like, I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to bring lyricism back into the discussion, but that's not where we were at at, the, at that particular point in time, so it didn't traction. And again, like, the beats and a lot of the songs that they chose, they were, they made a lot of questionable decisions when it came to that album. True. But True. but bar for bar, all four, I fox with all four of those dudes, man, and they, lyrically, they can rip anybody's ass.
4: Agreed. Yeah. Same thing kinda goes for Tech Nine, but Tech Nine always kinda gets washed under the under the bus, so to speak.
3: He he does,
4: man, and I, I
3: fox with Tech Nine, man, because he this whole time, he's been in the game for twenty plus years and he's been independent this whole time and he's been able to find his own niche and been able to make money without having to sign to a major. So just off that alone, even if I didn't necessarily fox with his lyricism you got to respect him off that alone, that he's been able to do... He's DIY, and I'm not talking about Gargano. (laughs) But he's been DIY this whole time, and he's been able to cultivate his fan base, and he's made a damn good living for himself.
4: Don't disagree. Mr. Moderator, would you like to chime in at all on this, or just move us to question one?
3: Well, I'll do
2: both. How's that sound?
4: Okay, I like it.
2: I won't give you a top five, but I'll give you five that are... I'm a big fan of maybe not, they're not all in my top five, but that weren't mentioned. Um, Snoop, Chance the Rapper, Cypress Hill, Beastie Boys, and Most Deaf. I'm a big fan of his. It's
3: not a bad five. No, I can't argue that five at all. And PC, I'm going to pop my collar to you. I didn't see you as a a Most Deaf type of guy. Yeah, you know, it
2: is what it is. I like what I like. You're either good, you're not. I don't know. I like you or I don't. It's all it's all abstract. It's opinion. You know. Yeah. Well.
3: One day we got to do a a, a hip hop uh, podcast. I don't know what it will be on or you know how we can frame it, but yeah, yeah. I'd love to have a, a a podcast where the three of us just talk about hip hop music and and just go in on and dive in deep into that topic.
4: That could be cool.
2: Well, this is a good start here. We could just abandon what we were about to do.
4: <laughs> all right, fuck wrestling. Back to hip hop.
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, this isn't one of those weeks though. There's actually some shit that's been ha- happening that we should probably touch on.
5: <laughs> all
2: right, all right, all right. Coming to a podcast near you. More talk about hip hop. But until then. That billionaire bastard is up to it again, bringing his crazy tactics into the ring on Monday Night Raw. And by hook or crook, by the end of that first 20-some minutes, we have a wildcard stipulation now on both brands. Gentlemen, your comments, questions, and concerns considering the wildcard.
3: God damn it, you want me to come on TV? Look at me. I'm old. My eyes look like I've been like I've been burning the ganja <laughs> <laughs> okay, first and foremost the you know there's been a lot of back and forth within the iwC about ratings in this past week and I tried to toe the line as much as I could last episode but 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 you can't definitively say you can't stay with a straight face rather, and still be credible that ratings don't matter when they pulled the stunt that they pulled this week. Am I right? Am I right? Or am I right? Come on, balls. Am I right? Am I right? Or am I right?
4: I like where you're going with it, so you can keep going. I like it. I like it. Okay. So they pulled Vince out. Now, I don't know whether this was
3: an edict that came down from USA Network themselves or if WWE took it upon themselves to do this. But, again, and, th- you know, that's the funny thing, man, when people bring up the money that they've been making. You know, they just got a billy from Fox and ya-ya, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. But that billy was contingent upon them high in the ratings. So that's how they got that money. So if the ratings continue to fall... What the hell you think is going to happen next time it's time to negotiate a TV deal, a TV rights deal? Like, they're not going to get a billy again. You know what I mean? That being said, I liked Raw. I thought Raw was very entertaining. It was um, a little scatterbrained. It didn't make a whole lot of sense, but it was entertaining nonetheless. Really good opening segment. Vince, I understand why Vince doesn't want to be on TV much because Vince has clearly lost his fastball. Like Vince fucked around and got old, guys. He did. He got old. He's old now. And he doesn't have his fastball anymore, and he gets a little lost out there sometimes. But it's a good way to get Roman over. Roman had one of his best promos that I've ever seen. And I think that it's funny how they're keeping Roman tethered to a big man, regardless of what brand he's on. He tends to be tethered to a big man because they're a little iffy about if he's going to get booed or cheered. So they keep him tethered to a McMahon to make sure that he is going to get cheers. Okay. Which, okay, whatever. That's cool. And, and the whole opening segment, I thought that was cool. But one thing that I want to say, um, I think that we're nearing the end of the brand split. I think that it's slowly, but surely dissipating just because of, everything that's happening. Like, they pan- they're panicking right now because the ratings are dropping for both shows. So I think we're getting to that point. I don't necessarily think that that's a good thing. I understand why they want to do that because especially going into the fall with the uh, Fox TV deal, you, you know, you want to have as many stars on SmackDown as possible. I don't necessarily think the ending the brand split is a good thing because if that's the case, what incentive do the fans have to tune into SmackDown on Friday when they can see everybody on Monday night that they possibly want to see. And, I mean, let's keep it a buck, man. Like, WWE is having a hard enough time dealing with the talent that they have and, and getting TV time and screen time for the talent that they have on both shows. So I don't know if ending the brand split is necessarily the best thing, but I understand
4: yeah i don't necessarily think that this is ending the brand split it's definitely motion towards the idea because you're getting more crossover but at the same respect this this covers a lot of the iwc complaint where one show was vastly superior you took all the talent away from one be it a tag division or a women's division or whatever and then other people complain that it's predictable so this is you know a shoehorned way of Kind of making like now it's unpredictable. I can bring over anybody, <laughs> and um, it's okay. It's a decent enough tactic. I just I didn't like the way it was framed. That was that was my big problem with that whole opening 27 minutes of just Vince patting himself on the back and jerking himself off, calling himself a genius multiple times, which it's in character. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying he's also not saying things that the IWC has said kind of to poke fun at it, because he did say it in a condescending kind of joking manner. So it was I got I got the vibe but it's just, it was irritating to just listen to. And then setting up rematches, which I thought we didn't do rematches, and then all these matches don't have any tangible weight behind them storyline-wise because it's just random throw-together rematches or then you got the bullshit idea of the two people are going to face for the title that don't like each other and want to hit each other in the face have to tag together and face two other people. So from an IWC perspective, you went 27 minutes of talking, which people don't like. And then you capped off that with, I think, roughly a 15, 17... It was was almost, I think, a 20-minute match, the tag match, with Baron Corbin. So the first hour was talking and Baron Corbin. So if anything, you should have expected the IWC to be irate because those are two things that they hate. So that that was just a concoction for pain right there. And then, ugh... I don't know the show in general. I think it was just the lack of logic that was behind everything going on. I hated the Oosie Hot segment. That was possibly the worst segment in the like obviously all year overall. But it probably has to be in contention with like Bobby Lashley's sisters and Bailey. This is your life. That was just fucking awful. I don't I don't know if you found that funny, but I found that beyond cringeworthy. Firefly Funhouse is always an upside for me, so that's good the Lucha House Party being on my television bothers me, so the show loses points just for their existence. And, I don't know, the last two matches were solid, even with the no no finish with McIntyre and Roman and Kofi's match versus uh, Daniel. It was solid. Like, there were a couple hiccups. I'm not going to nitpick, though, because it was still a good match and got a decent amount of time, but <sighs> the last, I don't know what to even say, 40 minutes isn't going to save a show that was just weird, and I didn't I think, I think much like DeMarco said, like our, our good friend ASAP Mitchell said in one of our other chats, it's just it's a lot of things I don't like and they just bothered me and it, it ruined my it, like, enjoyment of the show. Like I rated some matches high because there was decent in-ring work, but the show in general just didn't flow well and just felt insulting at times.
3: Okay, so can I uh, present a case for you why you're an asshole? Go for it. Okay, number one... Uh, statist- statistically speaking, easy for me to say, right? But statistically speaking, mm-hmm. statistics have shown that the opening segment of Raw rates highest when there is a talking segment at the opening. Now, I mean, you we can debate that, and we can, you know, we can uh, make excuses for why that is, or make excuses why you know that shouldn't be the case. But it is what it is, which is why they continue to do it because it rates high. All right. Number two, we got two really good matches, which were two WrestleMania matches that we got rematches on Baron or excuse me. We'll we'll get Baron Corbin in a second, but uh, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, which they actually had a better match this Monday than their WrestleMania match. And then we got Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan in the main event, which that was a damn good match. I mean, yeah, you could, you know, if you want to nitpick like you will, because that's what you do. I said I wasn't going
4: to. Don't bury me like that.
3: The the (laughs) fact that you said you weren't going to pretty much means that you did. That's how this works. But it was a damn good match and the crowd was into it as well. Um, uh, now, in, in regards to the Baron Corbin thing, like, Bear Corbin is over. Now, I can't figure out if he has that go-away heat or if he has legitimate heat, but you put him and Bobby Lashley out there with AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, like, Mella Farmers are going to be intrigued to see what happens, especially considering what happened last week with AJ putting um, Seth Rollins through a table. So, I mean, that's that's fair, man. That's a, that's a cool, decent match for Monday Night Raw. You know, overall, I, I thought Raw was good. I I don't know, I I don't know where they go from here. I think we are slowly but surely trending into dissolving the the brand split. Oh oh, one more thing you said about the uh, the Ice or the Uso Hot segment. You know, uh, if it wasn't the revival, I probably would have liked it a lot more. But the fact that it's the revival, and you know that that's their whole gimmick that they're not about gimmicks. They're just like damn good tag team wrestlers it might have came off a little better but maybe they're trying I don't know if they're you know trying to um I don't know if they're trying to play them on their way out the door or if they're trying to allow them to show some more personality so they can push them up the curb because they know that they're disgruntled and want to leave I don't really know where where it comes with that you know it may be the former and maybe the latter I don't know but uh, you know I'm not gonna shit the bed on that like it, it is what it is man it's a variety show they tried Maybe it didn't work for everybody, but fuck it, I get it.
4: No, I do too. There's a variety of things they try, and there was just a variety of things I didn't like. Uh, Real quick, last thing. Braun Strowman being the one to stand up to Sami Zayn. Am I the only one that thought that was the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard? When does Braun Strowman lay in wait to approach somebody? And why is he the person that you pick against Sami Zayn when you could pick anybody else that actually needs a rub? that you could actually get a decent match out of Sami Zayn for. Because Sami Zayn's over. Like, we all know he's over. So you could have put Cedric Alexander in that position, Apollo Crews, fucking Cesaro, anybody else. And you put moronic fucking Braun Strowman, who's who gives a fuck. So why, why him? Yeah, I can't really... Yeah. I I, <laughs> I I was hoping you would defend it. That's
3: why... Like, <laughs> I can't though, because this is the thing, man, because Sami Zayn has come back and he's hot as fish grease right now and he's been cutting his, he's been cutting these fire ass promos and the last thing that he needs right now is to take an L. So you need to kind of douse pour some gasoline on that fire and get him even hotter right now. And I don't know why you would throw out Braun because ultimately he's going to lose to Braun because it's fucking Bron So yeah, I'm 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 kinda side eyeing that with myself.
4: Okay, okay, it wasn't just me. But seeing that, that's what, it was just a rolling ball of dis- disappointment for Raw, and even if the matches were the highlights, I just it just never caught me enough to make me bite into the show. That's why I was not a fan of it. But now, I, I get how you could say it's not bad. I do. I do. Now, that being said, man, you know, in, in,
3: in terms of WWE in general, I, I've got a hot take on this one. And, and PC, if you would, cue the music, please, and thank you. is that what you wanted that is what i wanted thank you
4: sir <laughs> i oh. like how you didn't even throw it over to him you're just like is that what you wanted <laughs> yeah that that,
3: that
6: that's oh oh silent oh, oh oh yes let's go live
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay harry Carey, you fucked it
6: up because you didn't Hey, initially. hey! Oh, check out the she's... youngster on the sombrero. <laughs> hey, I'm there's playing. a,
5: there's
6: a, a, there's I'm a, a swinger drive to to deep right field, back and and Ryan Sandberg is under it for the second out.
4: I, so, I think he partied too much during Cinco de Mayo. Jesus Christ!
3: <laughs> Does anybody think Harry Carey was actually sobered? During the majority of those broadcasts because I don't. Oh, fuck no. Okay. <laughs> so let I, me say this. Man. If, if, if you're, you're a,
6: a hot dog, would you eat yourself? I know I would. I'd be delicious.
3: <laughs> Just get to your hot take, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not delicious. I'm probably way too lean and not tender enough to be
6: delicious. Cow. But that makes it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that being said, so we talked about, you know, yeah, I I know. about how. All right, for the working man. How the ratings clearly matter because that's why they hit the panic button and they're doing what they're doing. So, an, a, a hot take that I have right now, okay, in terms of WWE and why the product has been so stagnant for the mm-hmm. last eighteen years is that Vince McMahon has not had an original idea in 30 years. Point blank, period. Now, number one, let me say this. There's a lot of parallels to the product, the current day product, to the early 90s, whereas they don't necessarily have that star power. They don't have a Hogan or whatever the case may be. They don't have an Austin or a Rock and yada, yada, yada. Even though the in-ring product itself is exponentially better, they're lacking that star power. And that lack of star power is showing itself up in the ratings. But the reason that I say that Vince McMahon hasn't had an original idea in the last 30 years because, well, let's think about it, okay? Think about it. WCW, in the mid-'90s, they went to a more adult-oriented and reality-based product. And what did WWE do? They gave us Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon, who doesn't hate their boss that's very reality based and an adult oriented storyline ECW they had more hardcore wrestling and a lot of their their programs were a little more risque WWE or WWF at the time their product got a lot more hardcore I mean they threw they tried to kill Mick Foley for Christ's sakes and and the program itself got a lot more risque like You know, Mark Henry and Mae Young gave birth to a goddamn hand, which I don't understand why the hand wasn't brown, but, okay, that's neither here nor there. That's a a totally different topic for a totally different show, but that's neither here nor there, all right? Mm -hmm. WCW moved to a a 12-pay-per-view-a-year motto, having a pay-per-view every single month. Lo and behold, Vince McMahon saw it was profitable, and what did WWE do? Eventually, they turned to a 12-pay-per-view a year motto. All right? WCW, they went to three hours. Obviously, WWE went to three hours as well, but WCW was the first wrestling product to embrace the fact that it was a television-based product because you know how wrestling was. Back in the day, TV was basically an infomercial to get everybody to come out to the wrestling shows and the house shows to see if the matches actually pay themselves off. And then, you know, in the, in the, the mid to late 80s and early 90s, it turned more into a pay-per-view model, where, okay, you, you watch the television, but ultimately we're trying to get you to buy the pay-per-view. Well, thanks to the WWE Network, that's no longer a thing. And they've literally turned themselves into a television-based model because that's where they make the bulk of their money, through these TV rights deals. So, you know, everybody's looking and it's like, okay, yeah, WWE is making more money than they ever have. And that's fair, but at the same point in time, their viewership has dropped consistently, like I said last week, for the last 18 years, and more importantly, they're not creating new viewers. Like, the kids aren't watching this shit. And, you know, this is one of the, the uh, downsides about social media, because we live in this bubble, and this echo chamber. So we think that whatever happens within our little echo chamber, it resonates with the rest of the world. But, I, I you know, I hate to say you, fellas, the rest of the world doesn't give two shits about wrestling. Like, if you ask a kid on the street right now, They know John Cena, who's not even an active wrestler at this particular point in time. But they don't know any of these melon farmers that's out there right now doing it in wrestling right now. Like, they just don't know them. So that's where the issue comes in. It's not just the fact that the the ratings are falling. It's not just the fact that their fan base has been dwindling. The fact is that they're not creating a new fan base, the kids. It's not resonating with the kids. And that's where the problem comes in. But that's why I say that Vince hasn't had a, you know, he hasn't had a career creative idea or an original idea in 30 years so one of the best things that could possibly come out of AEW is that they might change the landscape a little bit and they might bring some new ideas or some new ways to present professional wrestling to the table that would that WWE can adopt because they are the mothership and hopefully you know bring this thing back up like, I, I, you know, for example, I love MLW. I, I think MLW has a really fresh and unique way of presenting the product because they present it as it's a legitimate sport. But the problem that they have is that their top star right now or the person that they have with the most star power is Selena De La Renta. And as much as I love her, she's not Bobby Heenan. So she can't go out there and get Hill Heat and then ultimately get her come up. It's because we don't like, you know, we, we kind of shy away from a, a male on female interaction. Or violence in this particular point in time. Just you know, just in the world that we're in right now. So there's no way to really pay off her heat. But I mean that, that, that's where I'm at, man. And you know, hopefully AEW can bring some new ideas to the table that WWE can copy and we can take this this wrestling thing to the next
4: level. Good. Somebody, anybody? I mean it's a hot take. I, I don't disagree with it. It was a it was a good rant. We can move on to question two though. <laughs>
2: What do you gentlemen think of the transition from Daniel Bryan, WWE champion, to now Daniel Bryan, SmackDown tag team champion? And and what does this really mean for the tag team division in general?
3: Okay, balls, I believe this is you. Yeah, this is your time
4: to talk I, to him. Yeah, the, the microphone didn't unmute so what tag team division on Smackdown are we talking about yeah I guess we've got the wild card rule which kind of keeps it interesting to a degree but after after they won the belts they walk back and who eyes them up is heavy machinery in either new outfits or I guess that maybe is their not working gear and it's just a blue collar denim vest that has their names on it yeah that's I don't know so that's trash and, I mean, heavy machinery. Um, I don't know. Daniel Bryan is tag champs. It's fine. It gets, it's, makes complete sense with the way he was positioned and Shane kind of still favoring him a bit from when he was general manager or however that whole power authority kind of thing worked. And it's also a good way to get the belt off of him if he doesn't want to go to Saudi Arabia like last year because it's just a tag thing. So Rowan can eat the pin and then Daniel doesn't have to worry about it. So it's... It's not bad. It it keeps Daniel kind of relevant. It keeps him on television. It keeps a belt around his waist and maybe they'll do some kind of hemp thing with that too. Who knows? Maybe it'll be out of wood, hemp, grass. Who knows? Maybe it'll just be this nice green belt. There we go. That's what we're going to go with. But (laughs) I don't, I, I don't hate it, but I don't really care either. Chris, do you have any kind of opinion? What do you mean green
3: belt? Like they're just going to pluck blades of grass off the street and, and create a belt for Daniel Bryan?
4: They made one out of wood and hemp. Grass ain't past them.
3: <laughs> Shout out to the wooden and belt, by the way. <laughs> I will roll some grass up in that melon farmer and I'll have myself a good old time. You know what I mean? Fuck the jam in the sand. I'll be jamming in the sand. God it, shit. R- We're D- jamming! I'm- yeah, I'm jam with you. Ooh
4: it's
2: a, yeah. it's a, it's a Bermuda hybrid, you know. Play eighteen on it, and then smoke the bejesus out of it afterwards. Pop,
4: WWE Up in Smoke, a new pay per view. Cannonball. <laughs> WWE Up in Smoke.
2: Cannonball.
6: You know, I, you know, I eat the Dalai Lama, so you know, at the end, I was like, "Hey, Lama, you know, how about a, uh, you know, a little something for the effort?" He said, "There'll be no money
3: today, but on your deathbed." You'll find eternal peace.
4: So I got that going for me. You know, it's, that that would, be nice. the, that would be the perfect way for me to actually tolerate Lucha House Party is if they did, like, a Cheech and Chong kind of thing and you just saw, like, Kalisto pull out, like, a guitar and you'd be like, Beaners are gonna what? kick you in the head.
3: <laughs> shout, you... out, shout out to white men, Balls, and I, I include you in this scenario because... Oh. Well, just when I thought Lucha House Party couldn't get more racist, you found a way to make it even more
4: racist. We're so talking up in smoke. need, up to you, sir. I, mean, I, to you, sir. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. And then yes. you grand Gran, Gran can do the Cheech and Chong song and be like, Jesus. Mexican-Americans love education, so they go to Jesus. night school and take Spanish and get a B. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>
3: you want him to come out in lawnmowers, man. Keep it real. That's what you want, isn't it?
4: You already saw that happen, though.
3: The exactly. Mexico. That's why you wanted to get
4: Mexico <Yeah>. 2.0. <laughs> Mexico cooler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you
3: want them to have vignettes with the, the Lucha House Party outside Home Depot at 6 o'clock in the morning, right? That's
4: what you want. That's what the fuck you want, isn't it? Tell they're just going to gonna ride, they're gonna ask Heavy Machinery for a ride to the show. Oye, uh, como esta? Can we get the ride to the venue? You know, we, we, we mow your John. We, we can we can blow the, the leaves. We have a leaf blower. It's already a good time.
3: Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
4: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Scenery and them in the back of the pickup truck just driving. to. Oh, my God. That's not a bad vignette. I like that. Okay. There we go. That would get Lucha House Party over to me.
3: They're not going to get over. They're basically New Day with pinatas and candy. Okay. It's, it's the same thing. Like, not saying they have, they don't, clearly they don't have the charisma that New Day had, and that's why that fuck shit got over, but it's the same shit, which goes to my point from topic one. Vince McMahon hasn't had an
4: original idea in 30 years. That's why I wasn't arguing it. I just thought that was a good spot to stop at. Cause <laughs> all right, we're gonna make
2: up some time and move yeah. on to the fucking Lord oh. Alfred right
3: here. Okay, oh, okay, well, let's do that. Okay, you you shouldn't have started number one because you just made yourself sound bad. But number two, man, it stars Daniel Bryan being the uh, and and Rowan being the uh I the smack down tag champs. That's cool, man. That's a good spot for him. It takes him out the title picture, because I think Roman Reigns and Lars Sullivan are probably going to be in that picture sooner rather than later, but it keeps him relevant, and it keeps him on television. Okay, you fair? You you good? We good? I'm sure. There we go. We good? We good? We good? We good? Right as rain. Let's go. We
4: good?
3: We good? We good? We
4: good? We good?
3: We good? We good? We good? cuz i'm gonna start singing alberto Del Rio song if you don't hit us with topic 3 <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
2: We want to talk about original ideas from Vince. I guess starting a football league wouldn't be one of them either, because that's happened many times before, but to try and start the same football league over again. Now that seems fairly original.
3: <laughs> God damn it, it's the XFL. So, um, full disclosure, I sent a article into our private DM uh, concerning that there was going to be a story that came out it might have came out by now. I don't know if it did suck my dick. I don't care. You'll get it. Excuse me. That the XFL had actually signed a deal with ESPN and Fox to show the vast majority of XL XFL games. Easy for me to say, right? So, uh, you know, as far as Fox goes, I don't know if they'll be on the actual show. I can see them kind of being on Fox FS1 or you know whatever the fuck they got going on, and you know ESPN they had a modicum of of success when they had the Arena League on their on their network during the spring and you know heading into the summer. That being said, God bless you. Thank you. And and way to like you couldn't like pause that like really you had to just sneeze on the goddamn airwaves. You couldn't just pause and sneeze or do whatever the fuck you did. I
2: just
4: belched My to back you up. My is not acting correctly, that's all. I think I'm muting things, it doesn't. I hate Skype.
2: I belched to back you up there.
4: Yeah,
3: you, 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 you could have paused that too, you son of a bitch. You have Apple technology. Like, your I could shit probably
2: is way I could,
4: better than our shit.
2: I could probably edit this too, but I probably won't.
4: <laughs> uh, keep this in, it's more fun. You have Apple Pop. technology? You rich motherfucker. You Pop. rich, bitch! What Who's Apple
2: technology?
4: He's rich, bitch.
3: No, I'm
2: not. I got a, I, I, have, I have an iPhone. That's about it.
3: That being said, Andrew, PC, <laughs> this shit ain't gonna work, man. It's just not. Do you guys remember a few months ago when AAW or AAF or whatever the fuck that shit was called, the football league that happened? Everybody got you know cuckoo over Coco Puss because they got a like 1.4 million viewers during a Saturday night and they actually beat out a uh, NBA basketball game which included James Harden which nobody likes to watch James Harden play basketball we all we can all recognize he's one of the top five players in the world but nobody likes to watch him play basketball but everybody got cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and got all their pennies in a bunch because it got this huge number and then Lombo whole three weeks later, they were out of business. I'm not saying that the SFL is going to be out of business, but this shit ain't going to work, man. Number one, you know, the the prevailing logic was that Vince McMahon took $100 million. uh, He sold $100 million worth of his stock to start this league. Yo, you can't field two competitive football teams for $100 million. Like, the bottom line is, man, America loves football, but America doesn't like mediocre football. And hell, there's not enough players to fill out the NFL, let alone, uh, ax, uh, I don't even know the word I'm trying to say. I was trying to say, like, aux, aux you were, uh, another league. Auxiliary?
4: Thank you. League. <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying. And yeah, but I think the Alliance of American Football's, the, you know, downfall was the fact that there were, like, legitimately two good teams. And the rest were straight ass. That's like, my point, you no. son of a bitch! How no, many but, teams? How many good teams do you think the XFL is gonna fucking have? If the That's XFL actually just evens it out, I okay. The the AAF had like eight total teams. Two of them didn't suck, and the rest were hard to watch for anybody. And and if you it, somehow if, think that XFL is going to do better than that? If okay. XFL can maybe get a couple bigger names, because, what, the biggest Ooh. name for AAF was Ooh. Johnny Manziel, who came on in, like, the next to last week, because Canada finally fucking fired him, and then Ooh. he got a concussion because he tried to fucking chop block for a fucking running back and got run over like a fucking idiot, so he took, like, 12 snaps, and that that was his AAF career. Who are they so, going to get, Pauls? Who are they going to get? Tebow, Tebow man, Tebow and God, Tebow and God will save the XFL. Tebow's playing baseball right now. He'll he come back coming. for the XFL money. No, he, he won't. might. They can't if, pay if him if Jesus dollar. tells him to.
3: Okay, so uh, I have a pipeline to Jesus because, like, <laughs> frankly, I'm the man that put Jesus over because I reminded everybody. <laughs>
6: Breaking news. Christopher Platt as a
3: pipeline, Jesus. Because I am the fellow farmer that reminded everybody that Jesus is the supreme job for everybody involved. And if you want to commemorate that particular moment in time, you all need to go to com forward slash the chair shot and pick up your Jesus did the job and his dad was the promoter, which is a shoot, brother. T shirt again, pro wrestling com forward slash D chair shot. Andrew, continue with this uh buffoonery of a, of a, of a defense of the. I'm the, just a,
4: trying the, to make a. Rip-up.
6: Here's some breaking news for you, Christopher Platt. Everyone has a pipeline to Jesus, it's called prayer. Back to you, Balaz. <laughs> oh
4: my god. That was a PSA from the waterfall moderator. Oh, shit, that was good. That was good. That was was awesome. That was great, yeah. Oh, shit. But no, I'm assuming if if they field 8 to 10 evenly powered mediocre teams and put on decent fucking football, maybe we'll be okay. But AAF was just lopsided. There was nobody to give a shit about. Some of the coaches were interesting, because I think Mike Martz was one of the coaches, and Mike Singletary was in there, but... Bob Stoops is one of the coaches in the XFL! Yeah, I know. You know you know who they could get? Noobes. You know who they could get on, on his fucking redemption tour? Because I know there was rumor that he wanted to come back to the X- NFL a couple years ago, because he leaned up and he was trying to get his shit right? Jamarcus Russell. Andrew. Chris? How many teams are in the NFL?
3: Thirty-two. How many competent quarterbacks are in the NFL? <sighs> Three. Exactly. Dude, you, you don't even know. No. No. You don't
4: even have an answer. That sigh. Well, I just I had to kind of I think. To know. I had to think what you would call competent, and you know what okay, I'm referring okay. to competent as. Well, it it goddamn sure ain't thirty-two. Can no. we agree on that? It's not thirty-two, correct? It's, it's not like it's sixteen either, though. Because so when you go, so where the bloody fuck are you going to find ten melon, ten melon
3: farmers that can competently, competently, easy
4: for me to say, throw a goddamn football? Brady Quinn, Tim Tebow. Here, here. I want you guys <laughs> Competently.
2: Here. Here's, here's a good way to end this topic, okay, because we're, we're moving away from the XFL, et cetera. Let, let's close this whole football conversation and, and keep it in the direction you're going with quarterbacks and, and top and bottom, et cetera, et cetera. Tom Brady is the number one paid quarterback in the NFL if you start at the second half of starting quarterbacks. He is the 17th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Talk about that real briefly before we move on to the next topic.
4: I mean, his wife's rich too, so come on, come on. Yeah, too much cares? money. <laughs> yeah, his wife is making
3: bank. And let's not act like Kraft ain't going to look out for Brady. Like, Kraft's going to look out for Brady for life. He'll be able to borrow the jet. He can get his balls fondled by an Asian bitch at, at the massage parlor. <laughs> he can get his ass licked. That's where the face, extra money goes. Come on, man. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. So you I, don't, I, it you don't care. Matter,
2: it doesn't. Yeah. Whatever. He's smart.
3: He, Nobody's he, disputing that. that. Well, yeah.
2: there's more money to I mean, go around to rings. sign. There's more money to go around to sign You know, a better player.
4: Exactly. I mean, Brett Favre did the same thing towards the end of his Packers run because he he basically told him to take money from his contract to sign better players. Granted, they didn't do it because I think he said that when they were trying to get Randy Moss when Randy Moss was up for grabs, and you know the Packers didn't pull the trigger there, which you you probably remember fairly well, Tony. So Don't it, it's not unheard it of. It's don't not unheard of for
3: quarterbacks. It's not, but don't buy it. to that bullshit narrative.
4: Oh, he took less money.
3: Like, don't act like he's not going to get taken care of for life by don't Bob. Wait, he's like, taken care
4: him. of by life for Wrangler and Gillette. Like, Remind Farrow's me. that's us not, yeah. Farrow's dumb cowboy when it comes to football, though, because he just want to win and play. He'll get his money from sponsors. Re- like, I, Re- I, I fully believe that he was more, give me a good team and somebody I can throw to, and then he'll make his money elsewhere, because it's not like he was crying poor.
2: Remind me uh, to tell you guys after we're done recording about the Brett Favre golf course story that I heard. Did he show you his dick? Okay, I never golfed with Brett Favre, all right? So (laughs) let's just just start there, and now we'll transition over into the
3: next You you didn't
1: say no. (laughs) TheChairShot.com.
3: Always use your head.
4: On a fight and I will drag you down and sell you out. Run ah away. the Ayatollah of rock and roller uh, the best in the world why is he in New Japan Chris did you did you hear about this he's challenging Okada at Dominion for Draken the in, man! I mean, I, I've got my water bottle all ready for it, because it's Jericho. It's always going to be good stuff. But what, what does this mean? Like, I thought, I thought he signed the AEW exclusive contract. Like, you think this is just, like, the last little date that he still owes New Japan and Ghetto, because he signed a couple dates before? Or is this a favor? Is this a harbinger of things to come between AEW and New Japan?
3: This is Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho is living the dream. I've said this before on these airwaves, and it bears repeating. If there's any young people listening to this, number one, if there's any kids listening to this, you need to call um, Child Protective Services on your parents because they've (laughs) clearly failed you, all right? (laughs) 1-800-DIFUS. Touche, that's the New York shit. But... uh, But, but seriously, man, to all the young people listening, listen to your Uncle Chris, all right? Your goal in life is...
4: <laughs> that
2: didn't sound bullshit. creepy at all. Hey, hey, come here, little kid. Listen to your
4: Uncle Chris. <laughs> Chris is starting his own Firefly Funhouse. Well,
3: <laughs> it, it didn't sound creepy until you motherfuckers said some shit about it. I, I, I was being legit. Like, I was shooting.
2: Come here, sit by your fucking Uncle Chris.
3: <laughs> you son of a bitch, man I almost spit out my beer on this laptop And we wouldn't have been able to finish the show So, you know, fuck you for that
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: But listen to your Uncle Chris, alright Your goal in life Is to put yourselves in a position And to have the leverage Where you can do exactly What the fuck you Want To do and that is what Mr. Jericho has positioned himself as. And, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't easy. Like, this metal farm been in the game for, you know, 25-plus years. Like, he has equity, sweat, blood, in the game. But he's positioned himself in a place where he can do exactly what he wants to do. And I feel like that's what what's happening here. Not to say that AEW and New Japan aren't going to have some sort of working relationship. I don't know if they will. I don't know if they won't. But this is more about Jer- Jericho than AEW. And maybe he did have another, maybe he did have another date scheduled with New Japan, and they're filling that off. But that being said, I feel like this is Jericho doing what Jericho does, and he's in a position to do what Jericho does, and nobody else, well, there's a few others, but, you know, for the sake of this argument, nobody else is in a position to do what Jericho does. And I'm looking forward to his match with Okada. I'm mostly looking forward to the pre-game, you know, the vignettes and, and the build-up to the match it, Itself. I'm sure the match is going to be good. Jericho clearly doesn't have his fastball anymore. But when it, term- when it comes to a wrestling mind and setting up a program and getting people in- emotionally invested into a program, there's not a lot active right now that do that better than the Ayatollah of rock and Roller.
4: Well said. Well said. So I'm, I'm going to hit two things. One is just a comment and one is something else to just have us discuss to continue this. One. Kenny Omega's profile apparently was also updated shortly after the Painmaker versus Rainmaker was uh, confirmed and you know inked to say something on the New Japan website of even though he was vanquished by Tanahashi at WrestleK them will the one, will we see the one wing angel fly through the new japan skies again sometime soon or something like that and it didn't say that before i forget what it used to say but it was more cut and dry that he was alumni, so to speak and the second thing i don't know if you saw i think it was our our good buddy big rick and uh the owner of chair chat mr demarco were I think I'm big rick were Harry
3: hoover i don't know if y'all get that reference but
4: but they, they they brought up a Twitter thing about the way we see Jericho compared to other part timers. Tony, would you like to weigh in on something?
2: Uh, you know, but just a shout out to Big Rick, a uh, guest this week on the DWI podcast. And as far as driving with Demarco goes, your Tuesday afternoon edition will also feature myself. Continue on.
4: Oh, see, that was that was a good tie-in that I was completely unaware of. That's a shitty yeah. I really didn't know that was happening.
3: That that that's fair, but you gave him a shitty throw to. Like you could have done that a lot
4: better. I could have, but I didn't know he was actually going to add something of merit. Sometimes it's just something like, yeah, hey, this IPA is real good. Let's <laughs> say like he's just flipping me <laughs> off because he knows it's true. <laughs> yeah, as much as I want to shit on you, you got a point. Yeah. So the point I was getting at with the Twitter exchange was why does the IWC see Jericho in such a more positive light for being a part-timer that picks the spots and only wrestles like five matches, but they completely shit on Brock and Cena and all the other old WWE guys. Do do you want to give your two cents on that one? Well, when it comes to the Brock thing, that's because melon Farmers are sheeple,
3: and that narrative wasn't even a narrative until WWE put that narrative out trying to put heat on Brock. So you're sheeple, that's why. So you can suck my dick and lick my balls. Um, as far as Cena, I don't think anybody has a problem with Cena. I could be wrong, but I haven't seen a lot of you know, <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of backlash with Cena. I mean Cena done put his work in, man, similar well, well, to Jericho. These are guys that have
4: put their work in. Yeah, but there's also people that complain about Undertaker only wrestling twice a year for the last like five years. And every time Triple H decides to put himself in one of the bigger matches, <laughs> even though he wrestles twice a year and then you got Jericho on the other hand wrestling twice a year and people are acting like it's the second coming of Jesus well these are people that work at
3: Panera bread making 725 an hour and they're miserable with their lives that's why and they can't fathom the the fact that talent pays their dues and puts their work in and puts themselves in a position where they can do what the fuck they want to do. So those people, you can't even suck my dick because you can't afford it. You probably got syphilis. But I will invite you to lick my asshole. Post shit. And I won't even wipe for you. Alright? So you can get a little chocolate in your, your dallies. alright?
4: Okay, so you're, you're basing it off the they already put their work in, they've earned the right to kind of phone it in. Or not phone it in, but like take less dates. Is there anything behind the the other narrative that bounces around that Jericho just tells more compelling stories, and his matches are usually the match quality is better. So the hardcore wrestling fan, IWC, Smart Mark, whatever, appreciates the work rate and what he does to actually further the product and kayfabe and the story, whereas. Brock shows up, suplexes somebody between 5 and 27 times and then F5 and he's done.
3: I can't say that Jericho's work rate is better because he has clearly lost his fastball. And that's no disrespect to him. I mean, this motherfucker's been doing it for 25 plus years. That's not... I'm not trying to shit on Jericho. And I'm not saying he doesn't have good matches. Man, I enjoyed his match with Omega. I enjoyed his match with Nido. I liked his his uh, series of matches with Kevin Owens. Not, not saying any of that, but I'm just I'm, I'm just keeping it a buck. But think about this for a second. Take out Brock Lesnar, who's not currently active in WWE. Take out Ronda Rousey, who's not currently active in WWE. Take out John Cena, who is somewhere prayerfully getting a decent fucking haircut, but not active in <laughs> WWE. Name me a bigger active star. In the wild, wonderful, wacky world of wrestling, than Chris Jericho. And oh, okay, let let me hold on because I know you got a a, a Japanese bias on North America, <laughs> on North America. Name me a bigger star active than Chris Jericho.
4: Um. Okay, I'll 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 make you decide between your two loves, Jericho or Jeff Jarrett. Nope. Oh. All right, got to move active. on. I mean, we're he not, was a couple not, months ago. He was in no. a whole thing with Elias.
2: We're not dedicating an extra 15 minutes of this show to Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I swear to God. If you have last fucking thought on this topic, you each have about a fucking minute. No Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Go.
4: No Jeff Jarrett. I, oh, it's funny. I don't, uh, I think... Okay. In the wide world of sports, wide wide picture of things. Nobody is bigger than Jericho at the moment, so that doesn't even come close.
3: Jericho's earned the right to be in the position he's in, and I'm not going to shit on anything he does because he's earned the right to be in the position he's in. And the IWC, if you got a problem with it, I have two words for you. Suck dick. Or lick ass, because I'm not going to let you suck my dick, because most of you melon farmers... You don't wash your hands. And here your I ass. thought you were just
4: gonna say lion tamer.
3: That actually would have been really good, but mm. yeah. I didn't if, think that I'm, yeah, He's I'm angry. If,
2: if Jeff Jarrett and Chris Jericho had a baby, it would be called Jericho.
6: <laughs> Hold one, arm drag. Hold two,
5: arm bar. Hold three, the moss covered,
2: three handled family grandunzel i still got 200 more, i got 200 more holes. TheChairShot.com, always
0: use your head.
3: Word. I thought you were gonna say something after that. I thought you had some shit to say. Say something. All right. Well, Pod Wars brought to you by the good folks in conjunction with Chairshot Radio Network and in conjunction with the Chairshot.com. Reminding you all to always use your head, head, head.
5: They they got the answers. I change the questions.
3: ChairShot.com. Always use your head. Y- you could have did that previously without making me sound like a goddamn J-Bro.
4: And still, you wonder why I didn't give him a good setup for his, his segue before.
3: <laughs> well, that's on you. If he drops the ball, Balls, that's not on you. But you at least got to set him up properly. Okay? But I
4: am the Balls. I don't want him to drop me. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> I butt shut salt Christ. water all the time. <laughs> oh,
2: I didn't even know I had sentence. this. I didn't even know <laughs> I had this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: let me ask you guys this. Why does the IWC shit on Alberto Del Rio or Alberto
4: El Patron so much?
2: I don't know. He doesn't really come off as a nice person in real life.
4: Uh, he comes off as a dick. There's the whole Paige thing. And then there's the fact that he was whoa, 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 whoa. petty after him and Paige whoa, whoa, whoa. broke up with his new girlfriend. That's fair. What's the Page thing? Th- their, their whole relationship together where everybody was making it seem like Alberto was the abusive one and then Things came out that Paige was abusive, but then he was kind of dismissive and dickish about the whole thing, and then after they did break up, you know, well, yeah, after they broke up, he was with his new girlfriend, and somebody commented on, like, a picture, then he kind of made a jab at Paige, still being, like, petty as fuck, and he's, like, 40. So, he's just petty, and lots of shit came out between, you know, Paige's family and him and his ex-wife and the kids, and you know, the whole impact thing where he just decided to leave them high and dry and just be a complete fucking douchebag. So there has not really been a good story or one good story is usually followed up by like three or four other times of him being a dick. Like he could give a million dollars to orphans and then, you know, (laughs) whatever comes out next about like he peed in someone's food at his Chinese Mexican restaurant or something like that. I don't fucking know. And then everybody would crucify him for that. So it's, as just Alberto Del Rio in a nutshell. It's it,
3: wrestling, man. Let, some, uh, let, let you find out you know, about your fave, and I bet you won't like him so much anymore. Or her. I'm not saying. I'm just saying.
4: It depends on your tolerance level for people being dicks, though. I mean, I, I think our tolerance level for that type of personality is much higher than the average person.
3: It's funny because his real life is way more interesting than any character that any promotion has tried to portray him as. And if I feel as if they would have betrayed him as the true Alberto Del Rio or El Patron, whatever you think. He would have drawn huge fucking money. That's the irony of this whole situation.
4: It depends on if he even wanted it, though. Because... I remember there was a story right before he bounced from Impact that he did like a house show or like a live show for Impact. It was like a joint thing in California. Cut this promo about, you know, loving this business and he lives here in the ring and Impact is his home and people put over the match, put over the promo, that it came off really just heartfelt and candid. And then that same baby bullshit happened with the Lucha Underground Impact fucking combination show and then he bounced and then he was fired. So... I mean, I, he's maybe a, motherfucker's bipolar. He's a throwback, though.
3: His uncle is a uh, Mill correct? I believe you're correct. Yes. Cause...
6: Yeah, he's
3: a throwback, man. Like they don't make him like that no more, for good or bad, right or wrong. Like they just don't make him like that no more. He's a throwback. Like everybody wants to uh, canonize and you know, uh, Bruiser Brosy at this particular point in time, and he was just as goddamn
4: difficult. Well, that's also because the Dark Side of the Ring thing came out and everybody is more on that train. Did you see that yet? I was about to ask you, have you watched any of those yet? I watched the Bruiser Brody one because that was their, like, teaser one that they had free on YouTube. I haven't seen the Macho Man one or the other ones that they've come out with on HBO, but the Bruiser Brody one was really good. The Bruiser bro All of them have been done well.
3: Like, they're they're very well produced and they're very well made. Um, as far as the stories they tell, the Macho and Elizabeth, yeah, but I get that because Macho, you know, he's a big star. Um, the uh, the the Bret Harton one they talked about the Montreal screw job and the big the big turn or angle in that was that it was Jim Cornette's idea, which I heard him say that on a shoot interview ten fucking years ago. So I don't understand why that's such a big deal all of a sudden.
4: Well, because um, Cornette played it off as he had the idea of. Fuck it. Just make it a screw job. But he didn't actually put pen to paper and be like, hey, let's have Sean screw Brett the way the way Corny puts it is he threw it out there as an option because people were trying to find a way to take the title off of Brett. Nothing was like really working in their head. So Corny just threw out screw job. And then apparently the Vince's went off and they're just like, that's a good idea. Let's do this. Okay. Well, we're not saying anything different. Like I said, I, I saw him
3: say this in one of those shoot interviews 10 years ago. He said, Well, Goddamn, Vince, it's your <laughs> goddamn company. Why'd you just screw the motherfucker and take the title back
4: from him? Like, I literally heard oh, him right, say uncle, Bruce. This relax on that one. 10 years ago. <laughs> like,
3: So that wasn't a big revelation to me. Like Amber just started watching wrestling, you know, when she's been dealing with me. So she's a five year wrestling fan and she literally has heard me say that before. So I don't understand why that was such a big revelation. I I haven't seen the Von Eric one yet. I'm interested in seeing that. But I mean, it's well done and it's cool whenever wrestling gets mainstream attention. And I hope that they do bring it back for a second season. But Yeah, there's 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 really been nothing that was just like totally revolutionary for me. And that's kind of the issue when it comes to wrestling fans, man, because we know a lot of the backstories. But when you're making a story for the mainstream, you know, audience, it's going to be a lot of rehash. You know what I mean? So it's not necessarily going to be anything new to wrestling fans, but you've got to do something to draw in the casual viewer.
4: Speaking of TV shows for wrestling, did you see that there's uh, that I think it's called Klepper on Comedy Central apparently is supposed to be having a entire episode kind of dedicated to, I guess, military veterans who kind of get their release and like a therapeutic thing from doing a wrestling show. So it's going to be like this whole kind of documentary style about, you know, the veterans and wrestling. No, I haven't heard anything about that at all. I, th- I think I got that right while I was flipping through Comedy Central. I, c- I could be slightly incorrect, but I, n- I know the show is called Clepper. And I know it has some. I think it's called. Wrestle- oh, there we go. Wrestling PTSD. So apparently it's vets with PTSD and wrestling helps them kind of cope through it. That's actually
3: kind of a cool concept. Like, I know it's, you know, it's television and whatnot, but that's a cool concept. Like, anything you could do for vets, man, because this is what pisses me off, man. Motherfuckers always say. Well, I support the troops, yada this, blah. But then you step over them every day to go get your coffee out of the convenience mm-hmm. store or the gas station. So you can kiss my ass. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm out here feeding these motherfuckers, man. So you know what I mean? And then, you know, I don't want any appraise or accolades for it, but don't act like you give a shit about veterans. You give a shit about veterans when it 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 it's convenient to your agenda. Don't act like you give a shit about these motherfuckers any other time, which is fucked up. It really is. So, yeah, anything that gives veterans a job or, you know what I mean, allows them to eat or whatever the case may be, man, I'm down for that.
4: Oh, no, I agree. I just I figured it was topical because we were talking about TV shows and wrestling being in the mainstream. And I was not expecting a Comedy Central show to have wrestling on in any kind of serious perspective. Like, you know, on a comedy show, making a joke out of it. Sure. But not in that kind of documentary ish style. It's weird, man, because, you know, wrestling has been on television
3: since there's been television, and, you know, I feel like it's not as hot as it has previously been, but it seems like it has a lot more traction. Like, you talked about the Comedy Central show. Uh, We talked about Dark Side of the Ring, which is on Vice. Um, ESPN covers wrestling now. Like, you know, we've got USA, of course, and Fox is getting ready to uh, get wrestling, so... It, it, it's weird because i feel like it's not as hot as it has been previously but it seems like it's more it seems like it's more mainstream than it's ever been if that makes any sense
4: I, I get it it's like it's more topical yet it's still not cool so i i don't exactly know where we're at when it comes to the grand scope of things especially when you look at just how society has changed in the last decade where like nerd cultures become cool superhero movies are like the biggest box office sellers big bang theory it's like you know somebody's losing their best friend when they stop after what 12 13 seasons whatever the fuck they're on so it's it's interesting just how the the society's kind of perspective and what is okay and what isn't okay is shifted and you know the nerdy kids that were watching wrestling and not really able to talk about it because some people weren't into it then it turned into the jocks roll into it because Attitude Era was cool with ECW and hardcore stuff and just cursing and telling people to suck it and hitting people with chairs, and then it went back into that kind of more nerdy niche hardcore side. So it's 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 odd. Like society is just a real fucking odd amalgamation of I don't even know what the fuck is going on anymore.
3: No, uh, no, I, I I don't either. And it's weird because, you know, to kind of bring it back to pro wrestling, like the nerds are winning now, and you're absolutely right. And it seems like pro wrestling is getting a lot more mainstream attention than it has, but that necessarily hasn't correlated to more people being interested in the product. Like, I feel like it's the same, you know, 1.5 to 2 million fans, at least in this country, that are consuming all this professional wrestling product. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know... I don't know where we go from here.
4: I mean, I kind of like what WWE has been doing to be completely honest, where they are pandering more to a worldwide crowd, a global footprint, whatever you want to call it, where they're having whatever you want to call them, really big house shows or pseudo pay-per-views in different countries and making sure to make a more proactive choice to leave North America. And it's interesting because I don't – do we even have a way to gauge how things are going? Because we're on the internet enough. Most of us have Facebook or have at least knowledge of Facebook, and we all know the jokes about, like, the, the uh, Indian fans and how they love Roman Reigns and John Cena and Brock Lesnar, and, you know, they, they're kind of always running rampant in groups just spamming stuff about Roman or whatever. So how do they consume the product? Like, how many of them are consuming the product? We know China just started up their own wrestling promotions because wrestling is new to them. There's a billion people in India, billion people in China. And these are are two really big markets that are still kind of fresh because you know their borders weren't opened for the internet for a while because of religious reasons or because of government reasons and restrictions and all that stuff. So even if only two million people in North America are watching it, how many people are watching it across the world? Is that no. why the numbers are up? You, you know what I mean? Is that why, like, the quarter returns are higher? Because you might be getting less money in the States, but, but maybe Europe or Asia or something like that is, you know, carrying the rest of the weight? Who knows? No,
3: that's fair, and that's why I don't see AEW as legitimate co- or a legitimate competition anytime soon, because – at this point, WWE—they're colonizing. Like they feel as if they've capped out their North American market, and they're tapping into other markets. Which, as a business, yeah, that's exactly what the fuck you want to do. Mm-hmm. But what, what, what worries me is that, you know, they—they they feel as if they've capped out this North American market, and maybe they have. But I feel like they're just going to keep fleecing us for more and more money. Like for example, they've turned SummerSlam into WrestleMania Summer. Uh, that trying to make the Royal Rumble a a, a destination spot where we go out there and spend money for that as well. And did you guys hear that they are doing a relaunch of the WWE network in September? And they've been very vague about what that entails. And what I think that entails is that they're going to have certain tiers. And the bottom line is it's going to suck for us because they're going to up the price. And I'm pissed off about that because 9.99, that's a, a steal as far as I'm concerned, but clearly they see that as well as a steal, and they're trying to market correct at this point in time.
4: And it's, it's not bad business, because you have to see, if we're going to pay it, how is it wrong on them? And it's, that's
3: the problem. We are going to pay it, and that's what pisses me off. But that's our still. own dumbass fucking fault.
2: <clears throat> What's the most you'll pay to keep exactly what you have?
3: God damn, that's a good question. I don't know, man. Hey, you know what I mean? Like I, I want to like say. Okay. It all right. Well, here. I okay. Here. Let's. It,
2: well, let's. Let's. Let's do this then. All right. I'll Yes or no? Okay. We'll get through this as quick as we can.
4: Uh, fourteen ninety nine. No. Yes. Nineteen ninety
2: nine. Oh. No. Well, yes. you're already out, Andrew. Okay. Good. <laughs> yes. Twenty four ninety
3: nine. Suck my dick.
2: So nineteen
3: ninety nine? Nineteen ninety nine, that's my cap, and that's pushing it. But I can find an extra twenty bucks a month what's to spend it? for the WWE network. Especially if they're gonna add some other shit to it.
2: I think I think maybe they accrued some other things that you can get additionally. I d I don't think they're gonna raise the price on what's there for you right now.
3: Yeah, but they're gonna I think they're gonna have like certain tiers. Like they're gonna like you said, they're gonna bring in other things. Uh PC, what do you think some of the other things are gonna bring in? You think they're gonna add the TNA library? You think we're gonna get like Evolve shows or Ring of Honor shows or some shit like that?
2: Evolve and progress probably make the most sense. Andrew, you'd probably be more apt to answer a question like that.
4: I mean, yeah, Evolve makes a lot of sense. Progress, I don't. Progress has its own streaming service, so I don't know how in bed with WWE they are, but it's not a bad, bad look. Impact, no, because Impact just relaunched their uh, GWN as Impact Plus, and it's still got all the old TNA stuff and the explosion episodes from forever ago and that stuff. So, honestly, to be to be completely fair, it's also not just me hating on WWE where I'm not going to pay more than nine ninety nine. It's I don't use it now as is, aside from pay-per-views. So why would I pay more when I'm not using it? So, like, I, I get more use out of All Japan, which is 900 yen, which is, like, $8 and change. Or New Japan is 999 yen, which is, like, 9 bucks, And I get more use out of that than I do out of the network. If I didn't have the other ones, Chris makes a good point. $20 bucks is not unreasonable if it was my only streaming service or... Mode to wrestling, or however you want to really look at it, but it's it's just another streaming service. And if I have to pay more than ten bucks, that's just too much. Well, I get New Japan through Andrew, so shout out to
3: uh, New Japan and their and, his, and so shout out to Andrew and his nine hundred. So.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though, Chris. Like I just don't have the bandwidth to consume enough. WWE network to make $20 make sense you know what I mean? No I get that I get that and, and
3: I mean I, I get a lot of I get a lot of mileage off the WWE network because I don't watch a whole lot of TV and whenever I try to watch TV I don't see anything that interests me so I'll just be like fuck it I'll turn on the network and, and whatever season we're in I'll turn on a pay per view of that season and that'll entertain me or you know I'll go to sleep watching that you know what I mean so it, it pays for itself
4: that's fair, and I guess Amber also gets a little bit of use out of it too, right? She does, because I got to go back and show her a lot of stuff
3: to so she knows what the hell's going on.
4: That's cool. So yeah, different perspectives, but a tier system's not awful. It's just hopefully the 999 tier, or the lowest tier. Doesn't lock you out of what we're already getting because if you have to pay like fourteen ninety nine to get pay-per-views but nine ninety nine still gives you NXT TV and NXT UK then I'm going to be a little annoyed because that's that's more like fleecing and trying to get that extra couple bucks out of people for what we should already be getting for nine ninety nine. yeah but
3: you know again man they're not building any new fans so they're going to squeeze us for every dollar they could possibly yeah. get
4: and this I mean is why I get
3: it. Yeah, I mean there's you know there there's precedent to this cuz I I believe Netflix started out at what 8 or 9.99 and they have consistently gone up on their price as well and nobody's going to get rid of their Netflix.
4: True, true.
2: I got to yeah. watch Highwaymen. You have what? I, I want to watch Highwaymen.
4: Is that on Netflix?
2: Yeah, Woody Harrelson and uh Kevin Costner.
4: Oh, that's what that's called. I have seen commercials. I just didn't register the name. You had me at Woody Harrelson, man. I'll
3: check it out. Fair enough. All right, so I'm going to go watch Highwaymen right now. Uh, Mr. Belaz why don't you let the good folks know where they can find you?
4: Sleep. <laughs> no, Fair Twitter. Enough. Twitter. Twitter at IWC Chief because you know... We've been over this. I, I speak for the IWC, I am their war chief, so that's why we had to have these interesting perspective battles today, which were introspective and illogical, but somewhat entertaining, I suppose. Someone might have got a kick out of it. Chris, how about you? Well, I goddamn hope somebody got a kick out of it. And
3: shout out to Woody Harrelson, man, one of the underrated actors of this era, point blank, period. Like, Woody Harrelson is a damn fine actor, so yeah, highwayman he's on it i'll check it out i'll at least watch the first episode but Smallest you guys stick on a man though you know sheesh yeah i'm not looking at woody harrelson's penis but did you see... not
2: watch the ted movies when did you watch when did you see woody harrelson's penis did you not watch the ted and, I don't... Movies? and i don't and i'm not trying to say that like oh geez where can i see woody harrelson's did you penis not watch the ted movie i don't know what those are
4: with a bear from seth mcfarland I've oh. watched the chair, oh,
3: movies. Yeah, I don't remember Woody, Har- Woody Har- Harrelson's yeah. penis being I said, really? Ted, prominently. Ted,
4: pe- not chair, not yeah. Cheers, yeah, nothing Ted. like that. The Ted movie. Yeah, yeah, I seen those. You have? Yeah. So you don't remember when they were doing the whole sit down with the backstage co- with the commentary DVD on Cheers and Ted Danson was on there and he goes, "Woody Harrelson, smallest dick on a man."
2: <laughs> oh, so it's just like a thing.
4: It's a reference. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Okay. Yeah, like that's your opinion, and so does Rule. Like you don't make fucking reference, fucking, fuck, fuck you guy. We just Chris, it, Chris just send it home. Stop. I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe I thought maybe you're <laughs>
2: taking peeks at Woody's peenie. Shut the fuck up. There's a there's <laughs> a name for the podcast taking peeks at Woody's peenie. There we go. We got the name. No,
3: that's Jesus. Good. This and we were doing so well, and then at the, you, y'all y'all <laughs> couldn't even let me stick the goddamn landing. You can find me on Twitter at The Real C Platt, but more importantly than that, make sure you all go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash The Chair Shot, pick up your official like a referee's whistle. I don't know if I said that right, but pick up your official Chair shop merchandise. If you enjoy what we do and the content that we provide to you each and every day on The Chair Shot, show your boys some love, man. Make sure that we can keep providing this content for you. And the way you can do that is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up a shirt just for the cause. Okay. The chairshot.com. It's not just a website. It's a movement. Mr. Tony, where can they find you, sir?
2: At PC Tony on the Twitter. Also check out at podcast DWI, which you can also find on the every week. And Listen to Driving with DeMarco, especially on Tuesdays, because that's when
3: I'll be there. Hey, man, you heard the man. For the Commissioner PC Tunney, for Andrew Snowflake Balls Belaz I'm Christopher Platt. Thanks for tuning in to the latest edition of Pot is War. We'll be back at you next week with some new fire for that ass. Until then, shalom. Hit it, Carly.
6: think this song is about you,
1: Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.
6: D-I-T-O.
3: D-I-T-O. D-I-T-O.
4: Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Survey says...
3: Another win for the <laughs> bad <batty> guys.
4: <laughs> uh that was that is a different show.
3: Duh! Gentlemen, I'm about to piss my pants, man, so I will holler at y'all. We can continue this discussion on the DM.
4: Yeah, yeah. Later, guys. Alright. <laughs>